With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to explore wrestling's past and potential future with your weekly dose of a segment we call What If? Only found here on the WWE Podcast. And it is time for the What If segment for this week. Welcome, everybody. And Anthony DeMarco joins me right now to talk about something that is the probably one of the most thought about or often discussed topics, but we've never discussed it here in depth on the show of what if Vince McMahon stepped down as the CEO of WWE, whether it's stepping down voluntarily or death of Vince McMahon. I mean, one of the two, and we're going to, uh, we're going to dive into what exactly would happen to WWE if this were to happen. So welcome, Anthony. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. And this is a topic that I feel like a lot of people tend to speculate on, but it never goes much farther beyond, well, it would be Stephanie and Triple H. And I guess that's a good place to start. So I guess the simple and easy question to start off with is, do you think it would be handed over to those two? I think, yes. Um, I, I do believe... If it were today, as of July 15th, 2021, that Vince McMahon 
God forbid, uh, passed away or just said, you know what, guys, uh, I'm out and just left the company, uh, then, yeah, logically you would think Triple H and Stephanie would be those next two in line to take the heir to the throne, so to speak, and take over the company. I mean, I don't think Shane McMahon is involved on a, from a business perspective um, or in any kind of management capacity, I don't believe. So, yeah, I mean, I I know it's an uninteresting answer, but I do believe that we would be Triple H and Stephanie. Do you, do you agree? Do you see someone else that could possibly take that role? Oh, it would absolutely be those two because – I look at what happened with the UFC and the original owners, I believe, were Dana White and two brothers. Their names escape me, but they sold it to whoever the owners are now. I believe it's a big corporate like operation and they just retained Dana White as the president of UFC and he oversees everything in terms of the day to day operations. And I feel that's like exactly what would happen with Triple H. You know, for all intents and purposes, Vince McMahon has no say in what goes on in NXT. And I'm not an NXT guy. I don't watch it ever. But I know that they just have an absolutely rabid fan base. And he does have a hand in what goes on in WWE. He's one of the most recognizable characters in the history of the company, arguably the best heel in the company. Um, And in a lot of ways, you can make the case he's probably a top five worker in the history of the company. You know, he was just a ring general. So I think that instilling him as the guy who oversees everything day to day in terms of talent relations, storylines, booking, all that stuff, it would be Triple H. But I think that it would be kind of like a split duty that would be divided up between him on that side of it. And on the business side, I think it would be Stephanie McMahon. Like, correct me if my if I'm wrong, but is she not basically number two in the corporate packing order as of right now, right under her dad? I believe she is. I'm trying to look at the executive flow chart, so to speak, and I do believe as the, she's the chief brand officer. So I, I she's the CBO, kind of a weird acronym, but uh, I believe she is. Yes. So I just think it would be a simple bump for her up the ranks and she would be put at the top of it. But I guess the next question would be is if he passed away or retired, would that result in a sell of the company? We've heard of Disney. I've heard of NBC Universal, too. So I guess I would ask you, do you think it would be Triple H as the guy who oversees everything? And do you think it would be him even if it was sold to a Disney or an NBC? I think regardless of what happens, Vince steps down, dies, decides to retire, whatever the outcome, and is just not a the CEO of WWE anymore. Um, say Disney, like you said, in that scenario, purchases the company or another company comes out of the blue and purchases WWE. Uh, which is still possible, by the way. I, I know that myself included thought that it would happen quicker than it has happened so far, which is to say it hasn't yet. But if another company did and they actually had the capital to do this, I think Triple H would be in charge of the oversight of the day-to-day operations because he knows the ins and outs of of the company. He knows the backstage politics. He knows how to manage manage talent. He was one of the talent. He was one of the greatest, as you said, the greatest heels of all time. I don't think he gets the appreciation he deserves. So he's been at every level, seemingly, of WWE. He is he's essentially running 
the the little bastard child of WWE and NXT that Vince likes to pretend doesn't exist other than to serve as a farm system for Raw and SmackDown. But I think Triple H, given all of his experience, the longevity that he has retained in the company and really the range of roles that he has played, I think he would, even in a Disney purchase, Disney would be foolish not to keep him on as sort of the, the not to take a phrase from AJ Styles or John Cena, but I think he would be the face that runs the place, so to speak. Uh, he would be kind of that the image of of management from a day-to-day perspective, even though Disney itself would be technically the owners of the company. And maybe this is kind of venturing into like a different type of territory, like kind of in business and commerce. But if Disney bought it, do you think that Stephanie McMahon would continue to be a prominent figure on the business and advertising side? I think it would be tenfold. I mean, you you think what she's doing right now is bad with just only worrying about philanthropy. The philanthropy is the is the future of the life of corporations and only worrying about the brand and her, uh, her associations and, and, uh, partnerships with the Susan G. Komen uh, foundation, which actually has a lot of negative, negative, uh, negative stories around it. Go do your research. It's not exactly a, uh, very pure company. If you don't believe me, go look, um, with the, uh, Connor's cure, which I think all of us are like, you know, you have to be basically a, just a terrible person not to support Connor's cure. I mean, it's like, Jesus, like kids cancer, um, the anti-bullying campaign among be a star, like all that stuff. Uh, if you think that is, uh, you know, more than enough now, I mean, look out because if you partner with a company like Disney, that is even more so about brand image and making sure that they are, in a publicly accepted space, especially in today's society, let's put it that way without kind of touching on politics um, and Disney's affiliations and leanings in politics. I know people hate talking about politics on the show. We're not going to get into it, but it's going to be a factor if Stephanie's in that role. My point is it's going to be uh, tenfold of what Stephanie is doing from now. If Disney purchases it, um, she'll be in a magnified role. Certainly, in, as the chief brand off, uh, chief brand operating officer or chief brand officer, whatever role that that is, yes, she's going to be just extremely prominent. And now, like you think about something, or more specifically, someone about what his role would potentially be, and that's none other than her older brother Shane McMahon. And as we know, he left the company from a business standpoint in two thousand nine. I believe he was actually the executive vice president, if I'm not mistaken. And nowadays, you know, he is a occasional recurring uh, on-screen character, a very good one, I may add. Side note, he is probably my top five favorite wrestlers of all time, as crazy as that sounds. But that's neither here nor there. Excuse me. But now we've heard that he's been involved in booking, kind of the producer of some shows, obviously showed up with uh, Raw Underground. So do you think that Shane McMahon's role would change or elevate at all? I think that if if Vince leaves or passes away, whatever, and uh, Shane it remains and he decides to still be a part of the company, I, I believe that Shane would feel a little bit more pressure from maybe – Maybe the the stockholders, the shareholders, the the general public, the general viewing audience to kind of step up and take his father's role. Now, 
whether he wants to or not and whether he succumbs to that pressure is another question. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. But I do, if push comes to shove, I do think Shane would be or would want to make sure that the company his father built and and made a worldwide phenomenon that he would want to make sure that it continues to survive and thrive and that he wouldn't just say yeah well guys sorry I'm you know I don't want to be involved in the business stuff I don't believe Shane would do that even though he has stepped back significantly from where he was in the mid 2000s into the late 2000s before he left uh, to go to China, I believe, and like start his own shoe company or something or whatever the heck he did over in China. Um, I do believe that he would step up in a in a in a bigger role. Now, what that bigger role would be, I don't I don't know. I, I don't. You'd have to ask Shane McMahon because we hear so little about him that it, it would be all speculation at this point. Other than to say, I do believe he would want to make sure that his father's company that he helped build is in good hands and uh, has a solid future. So yes, I think it would be in an, in an enhanced role. Not to get off track a little bit, but why do you think he left in the first place? Do you think it was good that he left, that it kind of became more about Triple H and Stephanie and they are kind of like the heir apparent to Vince's throne? And do you think that it would have been better if it was Shane? Well, I mean, Shane has spoken on this before, and if I recall, I think the reason or reasons that he wanted to venture out outside of WWE is that he felt that he had kind of reached a ceiling uh, in the for the time being in WWE, as well as wanting to stand on his own two feet, start his own company, do his own thing rather than living in the shadow of his father. Now, again, that may be part or the majority of the reason, I, I don't know, but it was one of those reasons. So I think Shane, um, and, and I, I respect the decision. I, I understand it. And, you know, I, I don't know what Shane would have been right now had he not decided to leave. Then I mean, That could be another topic. And actually, we almost made it that topic for tonight. But I don't know um, what Shane's career would be like right now if he decided to stay. But uh, 
either way, I think that um, him coming back to the WWE was a, I, I think it was good, a, a good uh, move for the company itself because I think people like when McMahon's are in charge at least. Not maybe the the fans, but I think Wall Street. When Wall Street sees McMahon's are in charge, I think they kind of they, they feel a little bit more secure. They feel a little bit more um, less like they feel less volatility in management moves and things like that. So I think Shane, yeah, I, I think Shane returning was a good thing. But he him leaving apparently was due to just wanting to do his own damn thing, seeing what he could do, and feeling like he reached a limit in WWE. So now that we kind of covered Shane top to bottom, let's focus on who the guy in charge would be, and that would be Triple H, as we previously talked about. But could you see a scenario where Triple H kind of goes back to the old format, assuming they keep the brand split, which given the network commitments of each respective side, you would have to assume they would continue to do so, unless eventually, let's say, Fox purchases Raw. But assuming all things being equal here, do you think you'd go back to the old format where you have one specific writing team for SmackDown and one specific writing team for Raw? Or do you think it would all just be meshed together as it is now overseen by Bruce Pritchard? So here's where things get fun, right? Because now we've decided Vince is no longer there. We've assumed that Triple H and Stephanie are going to be at the helm with hopefully Stephanie just staying out of creative and doing her 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 brand sickening expansion around the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Just being a philanthropist and, uh, you know, just completely exposing the business for what it is. Um, and she actually had it in her Twitter profile, by the way, for the longest time. I don't know if it's still there that she quote plays a villain on TV. I mean, that that is exactly what her Twitter profile bio said. Um, so that, that, that's all you need to know about where Stephanie is at right now with, uh, with the product. But, um, I, I think that this is where things get fun because now it's like, well, triple H is an old school guy. We have to get in the mind of Triple H, and you don't have to look much further than what does NXT look like, right? Like, why do people love NXT? Well, people love NXT because it's easier to follow. It's a shorter show. Um, you have an emphasis put more on wrestling, less on the entertainment crap, and it's a more believable product. Uh, and it's it's concise and simple to follow, like I said. So I think while it wouldn't be... While both shows wouldn't be solely an NXT copy, I think you would see elements of bringing back things that simplify the product. Meaning, I think Raw may move back to two hours. Now, Wall Street may not like that because that extra hour of ad revenue may go away. But in turn, I think you would see an increase in viewership because the the, the product quality would increase because there's less time to fill. So eventually you would make up that revenue by increased ratings in a shorter period of time. So I think you would see that. I think you would see easier to follow storylines and more, a bigger emphasis on wrestling. So you would see, I think changes back to the basics is actually how I would phrase it would be back to the basics, but I wouldn't make, and I don't think triple H would a carbon copy of NXT for both brands. Could you see him bringing in some of his, for lack of a better term, boys like Shawn Michaels or maybe Kevin Nash to help him out in kind of the hierarchy behind the scenes? Well, I mean, he's already got Shawn Michaels working at the Performance Center. Um, I'm not sure what Kevin Nash's role is other than kind of occasionally popping in and I'm sure seeing the boys or whatever. I don't think Kevin Nash is in any kind of role in WWE right now, maybe under a Legends contract or something. But I, I you know, as far as bringing in, quote, the boys and bringing in the click, um, you know, I, I, I think 
that he may offer one of those positions of uh, maybe a, a cre- head of creative or something like that to somebody he trusts and trusts fully. And I mean, I, I honestly would offer it to like, you know, uh, Scott Hall, who apparently, and, and I don't know this firsthand, but he has been labeled as one of the best minds in the business. Now, I don't know what physical state he's in, but I'm sure that if he was, he felt Triple H felt confident, maybe Scott Hall. You have, of course, Shawn Michaels. Um, and uh, I, I, what, I would make it a requirement that Sean grows back his hair. I mean, I, I would yeah. I would make that a absolute uh, requirement or you're fired. I don't care if he has to get hair transplant. If you shave your head again, Sean, you are fired. That would be number one on his contract. But he could I, I don't think he would do it just to to, you know, say, oh, it, it, it's it's the click running the the WWE. I think he would. Take a cliche, do what's best for business and see who has the best mind for what position. Um, That said, certainly if you have friends, you're a little bit biased by nature. He probably would offer it to any good friends he has that he feels could fill that position. It's only human nature. So we kind of talked about before the last question that Triple H is an old school guy and he'd probably start doing things a little bit differently and I guess the thing that first jumps out into my mind is, like, I guess who would get a push that wouldn't have, let's say, under Vince McMahon? And, like, maybe a guy like Finn Balor, although he got a push and then ended up wanting back back in NXT under Triple H. We've heard people maybe like Kevin Owens prefer being an NXT guy. Do you think that there's any specific people on the roster as of today that would greatly benefit from Vince stepping away and Triple H not being in charge? Uh, I can name a few guys. Uh, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Um, I think those three guys wouldn't be, I was going to say a, a four-letter word, they wouldn't be screwed around with, I'll say it that way, um, like they they kind of have been here and there, especially Cesaro, who, look, I understand the personality defects that he has, at least on camera, that he doesn't come across as bigger than life, and he's not, quote, a wrestling character, but he is, he's exactly what his shirt says. He's a wrestling purist, and you know maybe that would be enough to, to get him over. I think Triple H, with his mind on the business being more focused on on actual wrestling, not just spots, not just a gymnastics fest, like we see with uh, with Ricochet and John Morrison, as athletic and awesome as those two guys are, um, uh, you know, may, perhaps that would go a little bit by the wayside for more balance to be brought to the equation, like chain wrestling. I think chain wrestling and grappling has been it's it's a lost art at this point. So perhaps while not eliminating that type of style that Ricochet and John Morrison bring, perhaps you add a different style. It feels like everybody's wrestling the same kind of style right now. And I think that that's not a good thing to differentiate the product to differentiate wrestlers. But those are a few guys right now that I think off the top of my head would benefit. And maybe Kevin Owens wouldn't go to NXT or want to, because if you have a guy like triple H in charge, he would bring some of the elements that are attracting Kevin Owens to NXT and put him on SmackDown, put him on raw and maybe he wouldn't get transferred. But yeah, those are a few guys. Did you have any step into the world of power, loyalty and luck? I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think Cesaro is the main one. I think we would see Finn Balor jump back up onto the main roster and probably get another run as a world champion. Like, it's crazy to think that the biggest belt in the company right now in a lot of ways is the universal championship. And he was the first ever universal champion this time, five years ago, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, that it's not say it's absolutely crazy. And I mean, he was champ for a day, you know, because he had to relinquish it the very next night on Monday night raw. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Finn Balor's a guy and, the next question I was going to ask you, and it's kind of a good segue, is like, do you think you would make it more likely for any previously departed guys to come back? Like, let's say the revival jumps out at me, right? Because they were like billed as like the greatest tag team coming out of NXT, like an old school tag team. And they were just never used all that importantly on the main roster and have been very vocal about it since. Or let's say a guy like Aleister Black showing up on on uh, AEW. Do you think that we would maybe see more guys like the ones I just mentioned migrate back to WWE if they knew that the quote unquote old man was no longer in charge? Well, I think perhaps um, I think that you would probably see some of that. I don't think it would be a mass exodus from AEW back to WWE because not everyone that was let go, you go, oh, my God, what were they thinking? You know, there's a lot of them that we just don't talk about that we don't say anything and because we agree with their release. I mean, like some some of these people are like, yeah, yeah, they probably deserved it, right? They weren't doing anything. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of somebody that comes to mind. Tyler Breeze, um, I mean, like one of those people that if you're not doing anything with them, what are you doing? Just release them. But, um, I, you know, I don't think it would be Triple H going, oh, man, we released all these guys. Come on back. Come on back. Because perhaps they don't want to come back. It may not have been about Vince. It may have just been about the general culture. It may have been about what WWE did with them, they, they, you know, that they are still have a sour taste in their mouth. I, you know, while some of it may have been Vince, we can't say that all of it would have been Vince. So. If you're going to ask me who I think would come back, or at least that Triple H would look at and go, hey, yeah, I, I think Vince was wrong releasing this person, that person, or this person, uh, maybe the Iconics. I, I think, you know, to, maybe that's selfish of me to say because I think releasing the Iconics was just ridiculous. Um, and, and it or just, splitting them. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, there's the second level of, of sin there. I mean, splitting them and then releasing them was the most. It was it, out of you know the last few years, and yeah, Braun Strowman may top that list of like what the hell are they doing? That is up there, maybe the number one for the women, even over Ruby Riot. And I know a lot of people are sad about that, and I am too. But the Iconics made no sense. Um, but I think Triple H, what he would do is I AEW a little bit more. Now I know he has his own company to run, but I think he would pay attention a little bit more to the indie scene, pay attention a little bit more to AEW and other promotions where Vince lived in Vince's bubble. Vince lives in WWE world. I don't think Vince knew what the hell or who the hell AJ Styles was when he debuted at the Rumble five years ago. I, I, I really don't believe it. And when he came out and got that reaction, when he came out at number two and, and the place blew up, reports were that Vince McMahon was shocked at the reaction. He shouldn't be. And that tells you he doesn't pay attention outside of WWE, where I think Triple H would. Yeah, and that's another thing is like, and I guess this one kind of goes hand in hand with what wrestlers do you think would be pushed? I'm more curious as to what guys maybe wouldn't get pushes. Like, 
would Brock Lesnar still be Brock Lesnar if Triple H was in charge? Like, I would hope yes, because, you know, you and I have talked about Brock so many times, but I think he is just an amazing draw. And, you know, I know he is the highest paid wrestler even today, which I think it's like 12 million a year. But like, would Vince or Triple H rather be more apt to be like, okay, you had your time in the limelight, like time for the new blood or you know, would that confirm that we would never see The Undertaker come back or The Rock wouldn't main event to WrestleMania? Like, it's very well documented that Vince will always go back to the big jaw, the big draws, rather, of yesteryear, like case in point Goldberg. And it's weird to think about maybe that wouldn't be the case under Triple H because he himself is one of those big draws, one of the biggest draws ever. He goes hand in hand with the Rocks and the Undertakers and the Goldbergs of the world. And I guess Bra kind of straddles that line as well as kind of current and past type of um, wrestler. But do you think that we would kind of officially see the end of always going back to the stars of yesterday? Well, look, you ha you reach a point, and I actually thought for the first time ever that that point was this year's WrestleMania where they're going to have to eventually draw a line and say, nope, we are not relying on the stars of the Attitude Era anymore. We're not relying on the stars even of the Ruthless Aggression Era anymore. And yes, there were a few, right? Like Edge was on WrestleMania. Randy Orton was on WrestleMania. Like, yes, okay. Like there were, there were a few exceptions. But, uh, but I think that that line... Of, of finally saying, no, we're not doing this, it may have happened at this year's WrestleMania. I mean, the, the star power of yesteryear stars at this year's WrestleMania was – it didn't exist other than Edge, right, and, and Randy Orton. I mean, it was – it was void of any of those typical stars you would expect to see at WrestleMania, like The Rock or Stone Cold, um, you know, like those guys. And wasn't Hogan a part of, of WrestleMania? I think he was. And it, yeah, so I don't, I don't count Hogan because Hogan is a, is a different animal. And I don't think anybody wants to see Hogan anymore. Um, same same as Goldberg. But I, I think that that line may have finally been drawn this past year. Now, whether that's because... They did that voluntarily and said, "Guys, we need to we need to move on and, and worry about the talent of tomorrow and not yesterday." Or they said, "We tried to get Austin, we tried to get Rock, we tried to get you know whoever, and uh, they're not available." We tried, we were thinking about it, and, and they they turned us down because they got this and that going on. So I don't know whether what it was, but yes, they need to. As much as I love seeing a stunner and some beard, you know, poured on somebody. Uh, I think of you, you're going to have to say, no, enough is enough. We are moving forward with the talent we have. That's not to say we can't bring back those legends occasionally, but it sh they shouldn't be involved in storylines anymore um, unless they're coming back for that one big final match, which I think is off the table now, especially for Stone Cold. Forget it. The Rock is rumored maybe for Roman Reigns, which in that case, it is a that that is an exception to this rule because of how well the story is playing with Roman and how perfectly set up it's 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 ready made for the Rock right now. But as a as a whole, yeah, um, I, I, it, the line needs to be drawn, and I think Triple H would draw that line much faster and be much more strict on that rule than Vince McMahon has been in years past. And it's crazy, right, because you could make the case that, let's say, over the last five to eight years, when we really started to see those types of guys like Rock, Undertaker, Goldberg, Triple H himself really start to get up there in age, 
I would make the case that Triple H was the one who always looked the best in the ring. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, Triple H, and, and I respect the hell out of that because Triple H, um, who is not an active in-ring consistent competitor anymore, who is more in boardroom meetings or Zoom meetings or whatever he's doing now and, and running the Performance Center and help training and helping hire and fire, all that stuff, uh, he doesn't dedicate as much time as he did being at the gym, making sure he's eating right, you know, all these things that are completely time consuming when you're an active com uh, competitor to do this, what, once a year? And Undertaker made a great point in his documentary series, The the Last Ride, probably the best documentary series WWE has ever put together ever, if not the best, where he said it's actually harder to do one match a year than it is if you were on the road, say, 100 days a year or whatever, because you're, you don't do it all year, and you have to get your body ready for that one match where if you do it consistently, your body gets used to it, you know how your body moves, you know what you can and can't do, whereas you can't simulate a real match in front of 70,000 fans if you only do it once a year. And and, and I absolutely get that. So I, I completely respect Triple H, who has, every time he you know does come back for that one last match, which has happened about eight times now, that he does keep himself in, in incredibly good shape. Yeah, and I think that's why this entire scenario would probably be better off. And it's so sad saying that, saying that right. But thinking about Triple H being in charge makes you think of a better scenario because I think people just respect the hell out of him for all the reasons you just outlined. And like I just said, it's sad saying that because, you know, I watched No Mercy 2003 like a couple hours before we recorded the show. And that was the culmination of the Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon program where he actually had an I quit match with her. And obviously like that was full blown Vince McMahon heel character, but that's what he meant to the business. You know, he was just a creative genius back then. And he just was a brilliant on-screen character. And to think that nowadays his presence maybe teeters more on the negative side is so sad to say. But I think it maybe even speaks more to how good of a reputation and how important Triple H has become in the WWE and the industry as a whole. So, I mean, I guess one of my final questions and I guess talking points to summarize this is, do you think that WWE would be a better product with Triple H in charge? And do you think that's more to a testament of Triple H just being that good or Vince McMahon just slipping over the past number of years? Both. I mean, even Vince McMahon, believe it or not, everyone, I mean, this is hard to believe, but even Vince McMahon will succumb to death at some point in this time, in, in, during space and time. As long as space and time exists and we're living in three dimensions, eventually death will come for Vince. And even before that, he will... He, mentally decline it's inevitable we've we're seeing it with i mean our, our president right president biden is regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on he is clearly at a, a very geriatric state there's just no question about it same with vince mcmahon vince mcmahon cannot avoid mental decline it is going to happen with age it's just science um and i think it's a combination of that and the fact that i think triple h who is younger who uh 
understands the backstage politics, understands the process, understands how things work, uh, has a lot of connections and respect, is also a little bit – has got his finger on the pulse a little bit better than Vince McMahon does. And I don't know how much pull that Triple H has backstage. It's it's all left to speculation. Where none of us are backstage. But, yes, I think it overall would be a better product because I think Triple H has been handcuffed by the filter of Vince McMahon, the guy that gets the last save. We don't know the ideas that Triple H has put out there that Vince has said, nope, we're doing this, and it ends up not working. You know, I mean, I think Triple H being an actual uh, full-time legendary performer that Vince McMahon was not. I know that Vince had a, a great run as a heel, but he was never a real wrestler that had the the qualifications that Triple H did, the run that Triple H did. He has that experience that guys in the office don't. Suits in the office that just come in from another company that think they know how to run this company, you don't because Triple H has been at every level. I think it would be a better product. I think it would be easier to follow. I think it would be more on an emphasis on wrestling. Everything that I just mentioned at the beginning of this, so I don't want to repeat myself. But yes, a better product for sure. It's just so weird, man, because like Vince is synonymous with WWE and vice versa. And he's just made it into, as you said at the beginning of the show, just this worldwide phenomenon and just thinking about the company without him is just a truly weird thought. But like when you turn on like and, you know, there are bright spots, you know, there very there really is specifically on SmackDown right now. But it's like when I watch Raw nowadays in comparison to what it was back in the day, I just don't understand how it's the same guy. And I know that it's a different landscape in wwe and now they're publicly traded and there's sponsors to answer to and board of directors and so many cooks in the kitchen trying to make this big machine run but sometimes i just am so surprised about how the evolution to the company has just progressed over the years and i guess one thing that i would really hope to see different is kind of the hokiness taken out of it and go back to a time where our our minds weren't insulted or our intelligences weren't insulted rather and i'll always remember that monday night raw when vince mcmahon completely out of character just addressed the audience head on i believe we spoke about this a few times that was in 1997 when he did the whole like kind of speech to the audience yeah it, it was it was an official announcement into the Attitude Era. Yes. And it's just so crazy. And I saw this meme earlier this week where he said, we here at the World Wrestling Federation, quite frankly, feel like we're that you guys are tired of having your intelligence insulted. Mm -hmm. And then right under it, it's, it's Drew McIntyre talking about how his sword was made from the tooth of the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's so true. And I've always been a person or a wrestling fan, rather, that when it teeters onto hokiness and things I can't believe in, I get completely tuned out. And Drew McIntyre's character, his his character's evolution, rather, is a perfect example of how I just slowly but surely turned on someone who I really, really cheered for at the beginning. You know, this time last year, I was pumping his tires, saying he's the best babyface world champion the company has has had since the heyday of John Cena. 
And nowadays they've just transformed him into a cartoon version of Braveheart walking around with a medieval sword. Like, who does that? So Mm -hmm. with Triple H being old school, do you think that those hokey characters would kind of go the way of the dinosaur? And I guess you could just give your quick opinion on the evolution of the Drew McIntyre babyface character. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, yes, the Drew McIntyre babyface character is uh, just becoming uh, almost, I don't want to say unwatchable. He's not unwatchable yet because he is a man's man. He's really good in the ring. I don't think he gets credit for how many good matches he's had over the last 18 months. I mean, every match he has is just solid as hell. Um, so there is that, but the, the promo part of this, where he's supposed to be this historian, but also yeah. kind of tie it into some kind of funny story that's not really based in truth, but is, and then he can't tie it back to what he's doing. So what the hell are we talking about now? It, it's, it's, it feels like there, he just felt like, Hey, I'm getting stale. Let's try something new. And he's done this now for a couple of months. And I'm like, dude, cut your losses and move. Stop this. I, I respect the, the, the attempt. I respect the effort of trying to keep things fresh totally get that and i agree with that premise but when you sense something's not working unless you're trying to turn him heel stop it i want to i can't wait to see what the live audience does when he goes on one of these spiels about a war hero or goes (laughs) on about you know a a loch ness monster and what his sword is made out of or whatever kind of crap that he's spewing out now it's bad i mean you could also take a quote from the dark knight one of the best movies of all time in my opinion where it i think it was was a joker somebody said that uh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain so maybe that was batman himself i don't know but um it was it's so true in this case because the the natural evolution of a baby face is eventually going to turn to a heel. I think that's the either you're either going to die a hero or you're going to become you live long enough to become the villain because people won't love you forever. You evolve into the bad guy eventually and you circle back. It just keeps going like a big wheel and um so yeah, I think that Drew McIntyre is on the downside right now, um, and I don't think he's going to get the reaction he would have had this happened a year ago. So um, th- there is that. But as far as the hokiness goes, yeah, I mean that would that is so Vince McMahon, and it has his fingerprints all over it. No question about it. All this these bad attempts at humor are all Vince McMahon. You know they're Vince McMahon. All the food fights and the bathroom humor and all that crap that they're trying to make, like I don't know. I don't even know the demographic. I don't know. I don't know if who the hell they're trying to aim this at. But that would go away. I I truly believe that because I think Triple H is smart enough to recognize that uh, this is just bad, right? Like Vince McMahon's Vince McMahon's sense of humor has always been childish, and it comes through on the product. Yeah, it's just so crazy sitting here for, you know, well over half an hour and thinking about uh, WWE, WWE, Jesus, easy enough for me to say, (laughs) host Vince McMahon. But you have to think that as we close it out here, it's somewhere around the corner. So I guess our closing thoughts would be, do you think it's somewhere in the near future? Yeah, to close things out, I think um, near future, I guess, is a subjective thing. So I, I would say... I'll give you a time frame. Um, Vince McMahon. Hold on, I'm trying to think. How old? How old is Vince McMahon? I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. I, I want to say he's 76. 76. That, that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, hold on, Wikipedia. What does Wikipedia say? He is 75. Okay, whatever, oh, okay. whatever. So he's 75, which would tell you that uh, 
the, the the really the end of his life average i think for a man is like the high 70s low 80s i mean that's the average man vince mcmahon is not the average man so i think that um in the next 10 years i, I really would say in 10 i know that people are like, oh it's gonna be in the next couple of years i don't think so if disney doesn't buy the company they don't get bought out by anybody i think vince mcmahon by the time you know in the next how about this the next five to ten years let's do that time frame I think we will see a Vince McMahonless WWE for the first time ever, and it's going to be the biggest news story. Um, whether he again dies, steps down, gets bought out, whatever the scenario, in the next five to ten years, I think this will happen. So there, how about that? I don't know if people consider that soon, but what about you? Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, he's not a normal guy, right? So I, I think that in five years from now when he hits 80 i think we'll start to see him to fade off into the distance like i mean he's pretty much already a a non-factor as far as on-screen stuff goes but i mean you have to think that at a certain point like maybe he's not going to be on the road as much anymore you know he hasn't been doing it for what 18 months now and they're starting back up this friday which is just so awesome to think about but I mean, or, or I guess by the time people will be listening to this, it'll be yesterday. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just think uh, I think it's going to happen in the next five to ten. And I think it's going to be kind of like a gradual departure. Nothing like cold turkey. Yeah. A guy like this, maybe he'll fade into the background as a consultant or maybe he'll he'll stay on in kind of an unofficial role in the background as some. I, I, he's not going to be a janitor, but he'll be kind of a he won't be running the company, but he'll be around the company. I don't think he'll ever fully step away and he'll sit at home and watch TV while his daughter and son-in-law end up running the company. I don't think that's in him for this long that he's been doing it. I think certainly it'll be uh, gradual and maybe not ever completely until he dies. But um, I think also for investors in the company, when you have a 80 some year old guy running the company, I think that people get a little nervous. Stockholders, shareholders get nervous about the mental stability of a man at that age. So um, there is also that even even if it's just for optics to make sure that they don't are, they aren't presenting a company that's run by a geriatric individual. Then, yeah, you you would want to kind of change a change of the guards, even if it's just for, uh, you know, uh, political reasons or if it's just to make sure that people view the company. Company as like a, a progressive moving forward company you know they're not being run by a, a senior citizen so yeah yeah it's just so funny you know everyone complains about the mcmahon's being on tv and then every time you talk about him it's just so much damn fun and i think tonight was a lot of fun with a conversation that was centered around vince mcmahon and his and his uh, direct family no, definitely. This has been a blast. And, you know, we don't I don't think we talk about Vince McMahon often enough other than in passing by saying, oh, this was bad creative because of Vince. That was bad creative because of Vince, 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 Vince. And yeah, that is part of what he does. But I don't think we really look at the wider picture about what it's going to mean when Vince McMahon does leave. I don't. So I don't think this is a what if really this this is probably a when segment, um, to, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, this has been this has been really fun talking about Vince McMahon for the first time in depth ever, I believe. And uh, certainly next week uh, will be just as fun. Yeah, man. Really looking forward to it. All right, man. Take care. Have a good night. You too. All right.